Thank you for listening to Crossroads Community Church of Jefferson Hills. At Crossroads, our mission is to be the church by sharing and showing the love of Christ and inviting others to be recipients of Christ's love. Now, here is this week's message from Pastor Floyd Hughes. Uh, welcome to our, I was going to say Sunday morning, Christmas Eve uh, celebration. And um, we're going to start uh, by just reading a verse. So I'm going to ask you guys to read this verse with me. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, it says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. And uh, before we begin, um, I want to pray, God, we thank you so much for allowing us to celebrate your birth uh, tonight. We pray that you're with us as we do. Be with all the families that are at home celebrating. Be with all the people that are traveling. And let your spirit reveal your truth about the joy and the peace that we can have that comes from the birth of your son, Jesus Christ. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Uh, so I'm going to ask you guys just to remain standing for a minute. And I wanted to spend some time praying for the first responders and healthcare workers, because while we're all gathering and rushing out of here tonight to go spend time with family and open presents and have food, they're all going to keep us safe. They're all going to staff at the hospitals. They're all going to respond to car accidents from people that are driving or whatever. So I wanted to just pray for them. If you just bow your heads, God, we lift up <coughs> excuse me, all of the first responders, healthcare workers, police, fire, rescue, whose job tonight is not to spend time with their families, but to spend their evening protecting our families, and whose job tomorrow, while we're spending time with family and celebrating your birth, they're going to be spending time in the hospitals, uh, in their police cars, in the fire stations, responding to calls to keep us safe. So we pray that you would lift them up tonight. We pray that there would be a spirit of appreciation for all that they do, we pray this in Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Isaiah, and we talked about this before, one of the most well-known prophets, one of the most quoted prophets in the New Testament, uh, because his prophecies, uh, not just you know, amazing like all prophecies, but historically accurate down to like the nth degree. Uh, he predicted not only the birth of Christ and the coming of Christ, but he predicted the coming of another king, named Cyrus. And in Isaiah, <clears throat> oh my God, <clears throat> excuse me, Isaiah 45, it says, this is what the Lord says to his anointed, to Cyrus. Cyrus was king of the Medo-Persian Empire, historic king, um, whose right hand I take hold of to subdue nations before him, to strip kings of their armor, to open doors before him so that gates will not be shut. I will go before you and I'll level the mountains. I'll break down the gates of bronze and cut through the bars of iron. And he says, I'm going to give you hidden treasures, riches, stored in secret places. And here's why he did it. He said, so that you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, who summons you by name. And not his history, but Jewish tradition says that when the Medo persian Empire took over from the Babylonian Empire, when Cyrus came to Jerusalem, that one of the priests met him at the gates of Jerusalem with this verse to show him 
that they believed and were like, okay, we knew you were coming because it was ordained by God. And it's one of the reasons, again, tradition, that instead of destroying the city, he showed them favor. And in the books of Ezra and Nehemiah, you see him uh, showing favor to them and talking about their God. And God says, for the sake of Jacob, my servant, of Israel, my chosen, I summon you by name and bestow on you a title of honor, though you do not acknowledge me. So Isaiah predicted this king, but he also predicted the birth of Jesus, but not as king coming as a baby. Because in Isaiah chapter 9, like we read, it says, for to us a child is born, to us a son is given. And a lot of people, when they look at that to us, they think that to us is to Israel. But in the previous verses, Isaiah says who the to us is. In chapter 9, verse 1, he says, Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who are in distress. In the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun, the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee of the nations by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan. Talking about in the future when Christ is born, that he's going to be from Galilee. But he also says, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. This is to who the child was born. People walking in darkness. People struggling not just then, not just in the time of Christ, but people walking in darkness today, people struggling today, people dealing with hardships today, people looking at the crazy going on in our world today, people who want hope today. It's to them uh, that he says that he was born. And then uh, he also says, to us a son is given, acknowledging that he's going to be a son, and the government will be on his shoulders. And the type of government he's talking about is a, the word he uses is not just he's going to be a ruler, but he's going to be someone whose dominion is just and ruled properly. And in just a few chapters later, he describes what that kingdom and that dominion will look like. Sorry, I must have went too far. He says, but with righteousness, he will judge the needy. With justice, he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. He will strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. With the breath of his lips, he shall slay the wicked. Righteousness will be his belt and faithlessness, the sash around his waist. Uh, he says he's going to judge the needy and the poor with justice. He says he's going to strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. And, and what that means is that literally that the word of God is going to be the moral compass amongst which right and wrong are judged. Not just what we think is right, but what he says is right. And he says it's going to slay the wicked. And he says righteousness will be the belt or sash. We don't wear sashes today, but the belt, the things that hold everything up is going to be the righteousness of God. And then he says this. The government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called, and he says, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father of Eternity, Prince of Peace. He says, The name of this child, who's been given to us, who uh, will judge righteously, his name is going to be Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father of Eternity, in the Amplified Version, Prince of Peace. And what you see there is, is, is a, a snapshot of the Trinity. Wonderful Counselor is the term that Jesus uses for the Holy Spirit. 
Mighty God is literally God Almighty. Everlasting Father of eternity. Like, not just everlasting Father, but eternal Father, which is the name that God goes by. He says Jesus Christ is going to be called Wonderful Counselor because he's God in the flesh. He's going to be part of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, and the everlasting Father. And when, when he says this, there were people at that time who were struggling with hope, who were struggling with things going on in their culture. Uh, this was about 500-ish, mid-500 B.C. When he wrote this, which is about 200 years before Cyrus became king, 700 years before Jesus was born. Well, not 700 years, like 500 years. My math is not good. Uh, 500 years before Jesus was born. And the people were dealing with the same kind of things that we're dealing with. They were dealing with government chaos. They were dealing with people who were just hurting uh, because of financial distress. They were dealing with people where uh, the rich were getting richer, the poor were getting poorer. They were dealing with people who couldn't trust the government, even though it was supposed to be a religious government of God. They were dealing with people where in the churches, instead of hope, there was just like greed and fighting and bickering. They were dealing with people just like us today. And he says, but to all of these people, we're going to be given a child. And he says this last name he's going to have is called the Prince of Peace. Right? And this, the name Prince of Peace, one of the most popular names in the Bible, right? I'm sure you guys have heard it before. Uh, there are memes all the time, people, Prince of Peace, Prince of Peace. But even though if you go to any country in the world, and you use that phrase, Prince of Peace, they will probably know that you're talking about Jesus, whether they believe in him or not, because everyone's heard it. But this is the only place in the entire Bible where that phrase is used. But the reason it's so popular, even though it's only used once, is because it's about peace. The thing that they wanted, the thing that we want, the thing that everyone wants, a little bit more peace in their life. And what Isaiah says is this is what the birth of that child, the wonderful counselor, mighty God, the everlasting father, this is what he will bring. He'll bring peace that transcends all understanding. The kind of peace that he brings is the peace that God has because God doesn't worry about anything because God knows all things. You'll never see God sitting there pacing back and forth or anxious. And what we're told is that same peace is made available to us. Uh, Paul, in the book of Philippians, says, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And when you do this, he says that the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. It guards our hearts because that's where we stress about everything that's going on in our world. It guards our minds because that's where we get anxious and anxiety. But when we have the peace of God that we don't understand how, but it's that same peace that allowed uh, uh, Jesus to walk into uh, a situation where he knew he was going to be arrested and crucified and still be at peace. It's the same peace that allowed um, the disciples to go out and share the gospel 
even though they knew they were going to lose their homes, they were going to lose, some of them lost their families, most of them, almost all of them lost their lives. But they still were at peace while they did it. It's the same piece where, I don't know if you guys have seen this, um, because you guys know the tornadoes that went through, I keep saying Kentucky. In my head, I want to say Kansas because of the Wizard of Oz, but whatever state that was. Um, I don't know if you guys saw this, there was a video of a guy who was playing the piano in his home once he returned after the tornadoes left. Because the piano was the only thing standing. Anyone see this video? Okay, good. Just, just, it was the only thing left. Roof was torn off, house was in chaos, and he was playing the piano. And a lot of the news cycles picked this up, and it was unmistakable that amidst all of this devastation, all this chaos, all of this crazy, that he was at total peace. And I don't know if you guys recognize it, but the song that he's playing is called There's Something About That Name. And almost all of the news stations, even the ones that don't believe in God, picked it up because they couldn't believe if you walk into a situation where you've lost your home, possibly family members, possibly job. I mean, it's not this could have happened. This is a, just a picture of chaos and destruction. That he sits down at the piano and still gives glory to God. That's the kind of peace that's made possible by the birth of Christ. That's the kind of peace that transcends all understanding. That's the kind of peace that makes us rejoice at the birth of Christ amidst all the craziness that we see going on in our world. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So I'm going to ask you guys to bow your heads. God, we thank you so much that through the birth of your son, Jesus Christ, that we are able to experience that peace, the peace that transcends all understanding. We thank you that uh, despite the craziness and the chaos that's going on in our world, in light of everything that's going on, that we're able to find that peace. And that you make it available to all who put their faith and their trust in you. And God, we pray that maybe like many of us that are here tonight, that maybe we're just tired of everything going in the, on in our world, and we just need not only your peace, but maybe just the wonderful counselor to comfort us tonight. And we pray that you make that possible. And we pray this in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. And everyone said, amen. Amen. We hope you enjoyed the message. If you did, please leave a comment on our webpage, crossroadsofjeffersonhills.com, or our Facebook page. You can also join our Sunday celebration every Sunday at 1037 a.m. We look forward to hearing from you online or in person. Thank you and God bless.